0: You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode six. Fixed. Six. Great. Now you guys have called safe. Safe safe. Good <laughs> work.
1: What are you talking about? You're already here.
2: You
0: are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode six. I am Greg. I'm Jimmy.
2: I'm Rob. All right, guys, heads up. This is a review show, so there will be spoilers. Don't say we didn't warn you. We will introduce each topic before we discuss it. So that does give you the opportunity to skip forward or stick around in here. If you do skip forward, don't forget to come back, listen, and let us know what you think.
1: And to let us know what you think, you can always find us at the give me five podcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at give me five pod. You can reach us on Instagram at give me five pod. And on Facebook, if you just look for Give Me Five Podcasts, you can find us and tell us there. And remember, that's F-I-V-E, not the number five. And if you have a chance, give a, give us a review on uh, iTunes or Castbox, and let us know what you think of the show. We'd be very grateful. So,
0: guys, anything exciting happened in the past week since we last spoke?
1: Well, on Monday we had that uh, the eclipse, and and I know that they I know that they were they kept saying that we hadn't had an eclipse since like 1979, but I remember watching an eclipse when I was in like grade school. Did Did you guys, did you guys do that? I mean, I was in like elementary school at the time and they said that it would be like another 30 years until we saw another one. But do you, do you guys remember watching one when you were a kid?
2: I do not. I, I was actually out to dinner with family whom I haven't seen in a very long time, Rob, the other night. And my aunt reminded me that when we went on vacation years and years ago with them, there was actually a partial eclipse and she asked if I remembered it. So that's probably the same time and no I don't remember it I remember where I was but I I don't remember anything significant about it I was in Virginia so I don't have the coverage was.
0: Well.
1: okay yeah cuz I was here in Florida and I remember and I was probably in like first grade maybe second grade mm-hmm. and okay so you,
0: what, you were 15 yes exactly that exactly yeah. that's that's <laughs> about
1: right i <laughs> uh, no, I think I think it was 16 and a half Okay. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I remember being out on the playground and then being very strict about not letting us look up. Don't look up. You can't look up. Um, but they had, um, you know, they had like these little, uh, things where you could see the shadow progress across like a pinhole through a cardboard, a uh, cardboard sheet onto a regular sheet. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was, it was weird, but, but I remember, but I remember it and I was in grade school, so I'm like, it couldn't have been 1979, but maybe, you- maybe it was just the last I don't know.
2: Perhaps. Uh, did
0: any of you guys uh, get any superpowers when the Eclipse came? No? No? I can still I, see. Uh, that's good. I've, yeah. um, I
1: feel I feel cheated because I did not get
0: it. did actually remind me of, of the show Heroes, and I'm like, man, I haven't seen that in a while. And then I thought about going back to watch it, and then I was like, no. I don't know. Season one was good, ended bad, and then it just got uh, bad quick. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really want to go down that route.
2: So yeah. here in Orlando, we had about 85% totality. Um, with, you know, in some parts of the world, it was very much darker. I watched a few live streams and, and we, you know, I, I can, best way I can describe it is, um, it looked like you were looking through sunglasses at, you know, highest point of coverage without wearing yeah. sunglasses. Right, You could felt. definitely tell that it was dark. Yes. Yeah. It was a little bit cooler too. Yeah. Yes. Oh God. It felt nice. Yeah.
0: For those of you unaware, it is it's currently 400. Yeah. So we could dial up a few more eclipses in the summer. I'm cool with that. Please. Yeah. The other, the other big thing. Uh, I guess, bad segue here, but speaking of things that are a little dark, um, a little more Halloween Horror Nights <laughs> news, which I will bring to you guys.
1: Uh, that was a fantastic segue. Don't don't sell yourself short. I love that one.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so they did re- announce the scare zones, uh, six of them, this year. Actually, I believe it's, it's maybe six scare zones or possibly five scare zones and oh, a show, but I'm not sure. They haven't really said what's what, but... Um, we have a scare zone based on the movie Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. That's Trick or Treat
3: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. with
0: the little guy. And I actually really like that movie. Um, I love anthology horror movies, despite the fact that most of them are terrible. And that one I happened to think was is pretty good. Um, so they're going to do that one. Uh, there's going to be another one based on The Purge. And Again. Well, I haven't really... Yeah, I haven't seen The Purge movies, but those ones are actually legitimately scary. Like the, the scare zones. Because, oh, the scare zones. I thought you were talking about... Because the- you're kind of not... Like, No, because you're not looking through makeup with those scare zones. You're looking at, like, people that look legitimately like they could be out purging. So that one seems pretty good. Um, There's something called Altars of Horror, which I don't know much about. Uh, Festival of the Deadliest, which I'm guessing is going to be based on the Festival of the Dead, which should be pretty cool. Uh, Invasion, which I'm guessing will kind of be more comedy, like 50s-style aliens. Body Snatchers type thing. Yeah, Body Snatchers or Mars Attacks kind of style aliens. And then the thing, which may be a show, but also is possible that it's a scare zone, is um, Academy of Villains Afterlife. So
1: I think I'm looking forward show. to seeing those.
0: It is think, a show. Okay,
1: I think that's a show because it was a show last year. Academy of Villains was a show last year, yeah. and and they're they're back again this year for another show.
0: It's like a dance based show, right?
1: It's it's a dance group, yes. Hmm. And th- they were actually really good last year. I don't know if you got to if you got to see their show or not. I did with you. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm glad you remember that moment. Very sensitive. Well, to me.
1: I I blocked it yeah. out. You held my hand way too long. It was kind of creepy.
0: <laughs> I won't even go into that. <laughs> Cap- Captain strobe <Stroblight. laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Now let's go ahead and get right, right into it. Advice. No, no. So uh, Rob has the inability to see during strobe lights. So he will frantically grab whoever is in front of him at haunted houses if a strobe light hits him because he will lose his way and walk into a wall. I,
1: uh, I I actually have walked into a wall before because with the strobe light going, I can't see anything. And uh, I've, I've literally walked into a wall. So I put my hand out, and if someone's in front of me, I end up kind of putting my hand on their shoulder or on their back or whatever. So... Yeah, Greg always ends up in front of me so I'm not putting my hands out on some stranger when <laughs> we go through strobe lights. Yeah, so whenever
0: I walk in, walk towards a room and I can see a strobe light off in the distance, I'm like, ah, here we go. But I usually forget year to year, and then when the first haunted house hits and all of a sudden there's somebody's hand on my shoulder and I'm like, What the hell? <laughs> so
1: <laughs> And then my, and then of course my life my, is hell,
0: people, my life is hell.
1: And then I of course I get the No no, Rob, my shoulder is higher.
0: Oh Rob. Rim shot. <laughs> Okay. Rob, let's talk about groping me and more talk about your first thing
1: okay, <laughs> another wonderful segue um, yeah,
0: I gotta say that correctly though rob let's Rob let's talk about groping me and more talk about your first one of the five, which was a movie, I believe
1: it was I was really looking forward to it, and I know you guys i, I think you guys finally saw the preview for it, did you not? the hitman's bodyguard
0: i, have I had had to search preview. it out. I saw the end of the preview because I had to because I missed the previews when I saw some movie. Uh, dark tower, actually, ah. And then I went and searched out the preview. Okay. I did finally see it.
1: Okay. Well, I was really looking forward to it. I wanted to see it because it looked it looked funny and it looked in- and the movie itself really did deliver on that aspect. Um, there wasn't a whole lot to the movie, and by that I mean, you know, if you've seen a couple of these movies, you pretty much know how it's going to go. Um, I knew I knew who the bad guy was like five minutes into the movie. I, I kind of leaned over to Jen and I'm like, he's the bad guy. Um, Remind me never to be th- with you. Oh uh, well, you know. And and then there was a twist at the end. And I called the twist like like maybe twenty minutes into the movie. The movie's like an hour and a half. Like twenty All minutes right. into the movie, I'm like, okay, that's this this is what this is. And yeah, it, it was it was really straightforward. It was it followed the it followed the you know the uh, the outline the plan for these types of movies and none of that mattered because it was still funny. Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L Jackson work really well together. They were they were funny, they played off of each other. Sama Hayek was one was one of the highlights of the movie. I thought she was absolutely hilarious. Um and it 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 just worked and I really enjoyed it like I said it's not going to win any Oscars. Yeah. But but it was it was it was worth a watch. I don't know that I would pay what 15 bucks to go see it in the theater is that what it costs ridiculous yeah
2: 12 to 15 you know i think and now thinking about it you kind of look at the pairing of sam jackson and ryan reynolds and mm-hmm. i just kind of think in my head it's about time <laughs> i mean yeah right sam jackson is funny i mean he was funny and in, in kong uh uh-huh. in his serious you know kind of bad guy way and i I I think Ryan Reynolds is hilarious. He hasn't reached for me um, Adam Sandler level yet, where it's it's just boring. Um, but he's he's Deadpool. a master.
1: He's a master of the deadpan delivery. Deadpan,
2: absolutely.
1: And and he does it so well, and just just delivers these lines with a totally straight face, and they're so sarcastic, and it's just yeah. I'm like, man, that's great. And Samuel um, L. Jackson is so over the top. Yes. with his with his reaction and and his animation and everything and th- it was just a great pairing and they did a really great job but like i said the surprising role of the movie was Salma Hayek she
2: awesome. was
1: fantastic she had some of the best lines in the movie and was like man i wish i could think on my feet that quick cuz that was that was <laughs> funny as crap
0: yeah i like the odd couple pairing movies mm-hmm. yeah uh, like you know like rush hour <laughs> beverly hills cop yep um any, I mean, 21 Jump Street is a little more recent, and it's one of those kind of underrated movies, even though it got a sequel. Under- die Hard. Yep, all of those. Um, but I tend to not see those in the theater. I, I I, can watch them over and over and over again, so I usually mm-hmm. just kind of wait and buy them.
1: Yeah, and, and that's probably where this movie is going to end up. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it'll probably do much better in the secondary market, so... I mean, I like I said, I wouldn't. I don't know that I can recommend that you go out and pay fifteen dollars to see it. But if you catch it at the dollar theater, or do they even still have dollar? If you Uh, catch it, they do. If you catch it at the cheapo theater, it's it's worth a watch. But it's definitely not something that you have to watch on a big screen. You can totally watch it at home. Oh, and and the public information announcement. There is a scene at the end of the.
2: Oh, always good to know.
1: At a very very small budget. Wow,
2: did it? It Yeah,
0: it was only a thirty million dollar budget. And it made How did
1: it do opening weekend?
0: Uh, Twenty-one million three hundred eighty-four thousand. So it almost made back and its entire budget. Trying. I think it hit number one, but I'm
1: it. It might break even because it'll probably taper. Yeah, very not that much. That was OSA box up. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then, then it'll probably it'll worldwide. It'll definitely back.
0: Hey, it looks like it opened up at number one this weekend. Oh, it's expected to, okay. uh, and it's expected to go ahead and be number one again. Uh, oh, really? it really? Doesn't have. Yeah, it doesn't have too much up against it. It has uh, Birth of the Dragon, which looks kind of interesting. A movie called, an animated movie called Leap, and uh, it's a movie called All Saints.
1: Well, I think Leap, I think Leap came out with it last week. Okay. I think Leap was uh, last week. And then
0: there is the Terminator 2 Judgment Day 3D re-release, but none of those things really seem like they're going to really go up against it. Plus, you know, the summer movie season is actually kind of over, even though the summer's technically not over, because the kids are back in school. So mm-hmm. that's usually when it starts tapering off. Anyway, well, listeners, you guys know all about our synth love and our, you know, our affinity for synth wave and dark synth and new Retrowave and all that fun stuff. And Perturbator, one of the first bands that uh, myself and Jimmy listened to of the synth wave. I guess it's more dark synth synth wave. I'm not sure which that one would be. It's hard to categorize. Yeah, uh, music. As someone said once to us, music sounds like you're about to get murdered. Um, yes, <laughs> they they released a song like out of nowhere. Yeah. I did not think it was coming. No, He, sorry, yeah, he perturbator. It's a a French guy whose name I never remember. James, Kent. I'm sure, Jimmy does. James Kent, not the most French sounding name. No, it's but, really not. But he released a song. It was, it's called Vanta Black, which is the which is a new color of black it's a, a paint or pigment that came out not too long ago and it's the darkest shade of black that has ever been created and i guess jimmy you got a chance to hear the song and i, I listened to most of it i did to say but i've been pretty busy to listen to a whole <laughs> song which is pathetic but yeah
2: it you know perturbator was is a pioneer of the synthwave genre the dark synth whatever you want to call it some people call it vaporwave some people call it edm and i absolutely despise that term i there's just something growing up like an old school techno fan i, I can't stand the term ed- um anyway rant over like it's we weird said i was an old school techno fan as well
0: and industrial and techno and kind of where the two met and i can't stand the term edm yeah i i, there's I waited out overnight to get multiple prodigy albums yeah i'm a pretty big fan
2: and people are like oh it's edm or it's trip no. or no it's i i i i even have a hard time saying that perturbator is wave i i have a hard time saying because perturbator or james kent is so much more dimensional than that um yeah there are some artists that are part of the movement who are just that really upbeat kind of dance jazzercise roller rink kind of stabbing synth music but perturbator there there hasn't been a track that he's released that I don't like and there hasn't been an album that he's released that hasn't been different than the previous one um this iteration of perturbator say is it's very dark it's a, the song is called vanta black um it 's very different than what he 's done previously that's i mean he's he said that himself but and if I would have to compare this so you know if if you guys were interested in checking this out, I think if you were a fan of massive attack um nine snails of uh, even the gorillas soft cell Depeche mode. Um, multi-multi-layered. A little
0: bit of all that stuff, yeah.
2: It's, um, it does feature a, a french D electro outfit called Adzu, and the vocalist of Adzu does provide the vocals in the new Perturator track. Um, he released this in anticipation of his new LP called New Model, which comes out on October 20th, and Greg and I actually have our tickets for his, I believe it's his first Florida show on his yeah, second U.S.
0: tour. The first um, U.S. tour, when all of his equipment got stolen out of his van, and we were able to, in some way, put him in like he needed to get new synths in order to play these shows. And from city to city, he was borrowing synths from people. Yes, and I was able to, in some like I didn't talk to him directly, but I was able to put him in touch with some of the guys from the Trick or Treat the Radio Deadites. podcast. Yeah, the Deadites, awesome band. Here's a little shout out to them. Um, from the, they also do the Trick or Treat Radio podcast. Trick or Treat Radio dot com. Yep. And they have a friend um, who runs a synthwave band called Teal. That's um, T, I think, three E's and then an L, if I remember correctly. And he ha- he collects synths. So Perturbator actually had the opportunity to borrow their synths. And they all, they did a little bit on their show about it, so you could find it. But they basically said, like, uh, he was the nicest guy, and it was just a really cool show. It was just a great night, and they got the opportunity to help out a musician that was touring in the U.S. for the first time. And apparently, it was even though he got stuff stolen, it was a good situation. Because he is coming back, and yeah, will be
2: there. I'm I'm really glad that you know when I heard that his uh, his windshield of the van that they were touring in got busted out, I I could very easily see. All right, this guy doesn't want to come back to the U.S. I would t- have totally understood that, and I'm so excited to see him. Um, I believe one of our our local synthwave musicians, Moon Dragon, will also be appearing on that show. I'm pretty sure. Uh, we saw him i saw him i'm sorry open up for ghost uh who's another act last year and uh you know guys definitely you know into those bands that i i said give the new perturbator a listen check out vanta black you can check him out at uh perturbator.bandcamp.com he is on it's list. Uh, you can find platform. the song on youtube as well it's been
0: released on youtube okay like officially so he's getting credit for it so it's not like a one of those weird like lyric videos that someone else put up there to just try to get hits legit thing. Check it
2: out. Let us know what you think, you know, check out his back catalog. I, I think I would not be surprised if in the very near future, you would see James Kent as, uh, producer of some film scores some triple a video game titles and uh i i really feel like and i i hate to do this but you know if if there's anyone you could compare him to i would say that he's second coming of trent Re- and hopefully if he's listening i hope that's compliment. rob are you here
1: i am here yes <laughs>
2: Very little to say
1: about the the music. I, I get that. Yeah, I, I that is that is totally not my scene. Um, but you guys know that, and but it's but it's cool listening to you guys talk about it. I mean, because you are you are quite obviously so so into it, and oh, I'm and gonna it, throw my underwear well, on the stage. It exactly. But it was – I mean I, I – rec- the, the only thing that I recognized from that was at the end, I, I, I think I've heard the name Trent Reznor.
2: Trent Reznor is the founder of Nine Inch. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so join us for I, our uh, next podcast where we try to teach Rob stuff about music. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah.
0: I did actually decide to binge watch The Defenders. Eight episodes took me about three days, and yeah, you know, it took me a lot longer to binge-watch all the other Netflix Marvel shows. It's one of the Marvel shows, in case you guys don't know. It's the first show that actually brings in Luke Cage, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones. And they managed to do it in a very neat and tidy eight episodes. Uh, All, or almost all of the other Netflix shows have had at least some segments of the show where you kind of tune out or it goes onto a storyline that you don't really care about or they show someone's past that you don't really care about. Uh, This one was pretty quick and clean. Um, there was ninjas galore. It, so I'm a big fan of ninjas. I'm usually not a big fan of The Hand, at least when reading the comics, which is the ninja group. But in this case, it was actually pretty good. Um, I thought it was very well done. Now, and...
1: I, I watched the first episode, and it seemed like it, it – maybe it, maybe it didn't do it in the later episodes, but it seemed like in that first episode, it really just jumped around a lot. Um, did, did you get that sense at all or was, was that just,
0: I was very interested in the first episode because yes, it did jump around a lot, but they
2: color coded it. I don't know if you noticed that. No, because... I think I did. Uh, I, like... I've seen a preview for it, but, um, there was a Snapchat filter for it and you could choose your defender and mm-hmm. each filter was colored. Yeah. So that like when
0: you're watching the scenes, like when Daredevil was on, all the lights all the lighting was red he was in red areas when luke cage was on it was gold It was based on his like the gold shirt he used to wear um jessica jones her villain in the first series was purple man so she had a purple hue all the lighting had purple hue um even iron fist uh, that was the first one where i was like oh maybe they're not really color coding it because he was out in the, c- the city a lot so it was nighttime and you really the only light you really saw was like windows off in the distance and stuff but Then at certain scenes, they would actually have the the hue of those windows turn green, um, almost like uh, when they light up uh, the Empire State Building or something like that for different holidays, like some of the lights would kind of go green. So I started taking note of it, and every time they jumped scene, the whole color would change. I was like, okay, this is a creative decision, and I appreciated that. And they didn't go overboard because after that first episode, the characters started interacting more. And I thought the interactions between uh, Jessica Jones and Matt Murdock or Daredevil were really good. Um, there was some interplay between Jessica Jones and Luke Cage because they sort of dated in in her, se- in her series. Um,
1: well, and didn't they actually get married in the comic?
0: They did. Yeah, in the comics, they got married. They have a kid. There's you know a whole storyline that they that they've gone through. And I'm not sure if they're still married. You know, you never know with comics. As I said before, it's only been it's been about four or five years since I've actually bought new stuff. Um, but no, I, was, I thought it was really enjoyable. Usually, when I binge watch something, I kind of. We'll do three, four episodes and I'll take a break. And this one, there were some episodes that they would get over and I'd be like, oh, it's kind of late, but maybe I'll watch one more and then I'd watch it. I kind of had in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to watch half of another one. because so I sort of wanted to get done before recording this. And I would get all of a sudden the credit, like the screen would go black and the credits would roll. And I'm like, wow, that was 48 minutes. It flew through and it was a lot based on the acting. It's weird because there's actually a pretty good scene of just them chatting and kind of getting to know each other in a Chinese restaurant. There's some action that happens around that, but it actually made you believe that these guys could be a team despite all coming from different, areas from different having different needs and different desires and stuff like that Mm. so so, um you know if you've watched some of the other ones like the daredevil and the jessica jones but um kind of were turned off by the iron fist one which was admittedly boring i actually had a hard hard time getting through it and i didn't care about any of the complaints about it. it just it was just way too much business scenes way too much talk about inheriting businesses and trying to prove who someone was and it just it was boring and i tuned out a lot so i have to actually probably go back and watch it Defenders really hit the spot for me and when I wasn't watching, and I was like, oh, I can't wait, get, wait to get home and watch that.
1: Oh, okay. That's good. Jimmy, was there something about uh, Orlando, I think you said Orlando IX?
2: Yeah. Um, this past weekend was Orlando IX. It's an annual conference that thus far has been held on the Full Sail University campus at the Full Sail Live venue. So... It is actually a conference that features the the latest, I guess you could say, from indie developers, virtual reality, augmented reality, and digital content. Um, it is held on the Full sale campus, but it is a public, and like any convention, it does cost money. So, you know, if you are in VR development, digital content, 3D, anything like that, getting to pre-new technologies, they had the Microsoft HoloLens there, and I stood in line for it. They had two of them and I really, really, really wanted to go with it. But so what is the Microsoft HoloLens? Is that Microsoft's VR? It it is, but it's it's their uh mixed reality headset. So actually when you when you put the thing on, it looks like you're putting on a visor from, say, Pacific Rim. Um and still see through it, but it projects that mixed uh, okay. uh 3D graphical information. It projects that into the room around you. So it's Augmented reality in the sense that you look down on your floor and see a creature, but you can interact with so it's that reality. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to play with it because they, and good for them, but they spent what felt like about five to ten minutes with each person running them through a demo. So I, I just couldn't wait for the line. So I moved on. Um, I did get to play with HTC Vive, which, Greg, you brought up yeah, the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my experience with that was I actually got to play a game that is a whole room experience. So very much, um, you hold the two controllers and put your arms out. It was like a uh, what was that game show? Punch out or cut out? Where people had to kind of match the shape of the the cutout. Uh, I think it was cut out. Yeah, it um, was like based on like a Japanese uh, game yeah. show. Yeah, it was As very all much the like really
1: that. funny game shows are. They're all based on Japanese.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, the game was called Carbon Copy. And you can check it out. It's development. It's early development right now. It's at carboncopygame.com. If you sign up for their newsletter, you can mention there and find out where they'll be next. I can tell you that it was absolutely teleportation word up experience. Um, <laughs> one of the lead developers, she had me put it on. She had me secure the headphones. Handed me the controllers. I'm just looking around. Oh, my God. This is so disorienting. Not in a sick kind of.
0: Um, She's all like, this is going to be disorienting. When you're done, you're going to make up words like teleportational.
1: Teleportational,
0: uh, but
2: she
1: and, and disarraying.
2: Yes, yeah. <laughs> she held the controllers in front of me, and she she was saying, "Do you see these controllers? I'm holding them in front of you, and I see." The little 3D representations of the controllers, but I don't see her. I was like, oh, I can't. Um, <laughs> it was a very cool experience. It was a very well-done game. I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot more. There were uh, video game tournaments happening at the same time.
0: There were raffles. Did they, they have were... any crazy, annoying announcers doing like the video game play-by-play? No, they didn't. No, they did not. That's good, because I, I would have start started to hit people with chairs. No, I they...
2: I Agreed. Um, no, the, you know, the announcer would come on every hour or so and announce uh, results from a raffle. But they were playing, I don't know if you guys have played this, but Injustice 2. Okay. I've, they I've they watched had a that. lot of videos, but I have not yet played it. They had that up on the big screen there in the live venue. Holy crap, that game looked... Yeah. Oh my god. They just announced that Hellboy is going to be
0: in there in a future yes, they did. version. I, I, I'm actually excited about that. I dropped my
2: jaw. I'm. I'm actually thought he was gonna say dropped his drawers. Totally <laughs> <good>. <laughs> That's what I thought um, he was gonna
1: say too. No, like, well, The game was really
2: good. Yeah, I didn't get to play it, but. Um... You know, I did get to play Carbon Copy. I did speak with the sp- the people at Steamroller Studios. Um, this little little heads up for any animators out there: Steamroller Studios are currently hiring. They are looking to contract work out to animators. And check them out at SteamrollerStudios.com. So even if you're not local, they have done work on titles Deus Ex, Tomb Raider, the most recent one. Uh, they are based in Guys, Eustace. Really. Yes, there's an animation studio in Eustis. Wow. That's, yes, that's a that weird
0: city in Florida, by the way, for those of you who have no idea. that's I just, I'm just i looking
2: at the website. Yeah. Apparently, uh, the founder of Call of Duty was there, too, which is kind of cool. Chance Glasgow, yes, he was there. As well. um, I did not meet him. He was giving a talk pretty quickly. But uh, Steamroller is currently developing a game called Everwood. It looks very, very good. It's very fun. There isn't, no, but you should definitely check it out. And one final thing I wanted to touch on, indie um, IndieNamacon, you can check them out at IndieNamacon.com. I-N-D-I-E-Namacon, like, yes, Necronomicon. They are a group of indie developers that meet every Thursday. I'm sorry, I'm getting pretty local here, but I wanted to give a shout-out to um, Every first Thursday of each month at the Morse Center in the Orlando Public Library downtown, it's free. It's a six or seven o'clock p.m. You can check their website out. But is a group of indie developers. Even if you're you're just interested, you don't know anything about it, you want to get new, to know more about indie development, um, you can go there, meet people. You know they were they were extremely extremely nice people, and and I wanted to give them uh, definitely check out Indie Namacon, Carbon Copy, and Steamroller. Uh, sorry, guys. Yes. You know that life is like a
0: hurricane here in Duckburg.
1: Are there race cars?
0: are oh, some lasers and airplanes.
1: Oh, it must be a duck blur.
0: Yeah. Okay. So obviously we are about to talk about the re-release or the reboot of Ducktales. Woo! <laughs> that was good. First of all, I am ridiculously happy that Ducktales is coming back out, and it's weird because I I watched it back in the day, but I didn't watch it religiously. It was one of those if it's on, I'd watch it. And but I'm re- really happy because it's something new that is not the same 32 episodes of PAW Patrol that I've had to watch over and over again for the past four <laughs> years. So, and have you uh, been able
1: to get your son interested in it?
0: He actually was really excited about it. I watched oh, it with nice. him. Um, Fantastic. In fact, the first day we watched it, we ended up watching it twice. He was really excited about it. Oh, wow. And on top that of that, he was making references to it afterwards. Oh, nice. So, so, yeah, I guess I can chat about the, just the style and stuff like that. So when I first saw that it was coming out, the The animation style is sort of like some of the styles that we have in the past talked about us not liking, with kind of the thicker lines. Almost looks like a Flash animation. It, you know, kind of started with um, Powerpuff Girls, and then it went through, you know, Adventure Time. I'm obviously leaving stuff out. Um, Rick and Morty to some extent. You know, just I guess a a Western style is what people call it. But
2: yeah, as you kind of alluded to in previous episodes, I I did watch a lot of it, and. I was initially kind of turned off by the animation style, to be honest. It was very blocky, very uh, solid line, uh, not quite like the original.
1: Kind of like, like a Samurai Jack, but without actual outlines? It
2: does have outline.
1: But that kind of blocky?
0: Yes. Not quite as artsy, because you can okay. take frames of Samurai Jack, and it can be actually like fine art in a way, like really abstract fine art. Okay. But when you see it animated, you actually see what they're getting at. Mm-hmm. The DuckTales thing. The one thing that gave me pause was the coloring. Because it's very, uh, it's very sapient-toned or very, like, there's no pure white in the episodes. It seems like even the the characters, the ducks, are, like, kind of manila, which seemed a little weird to me. Um, When I first saw it, I actually was, uh, it was on a trailer on, like, my phone. I was watching it, and I was like, oh, I, my first thought was that I had that nighttime lighting thing on on the phone that, like, makes everything kind of look a little yellowish, Mm -hmm. warm up the screen a little. But it kind of has that look to it. But, so when I saw that... I think just like Jimmy I was a little it gave me a little bit of pause I was like what are you doing to my childhood cartoon and then I saw all of the the voice actors between David Tennant from um well most people know him from Doctor Who but I know him from uh from Doctor Who from uh Harry Potter and uh Broadchurch I think Broadchurch? Yeah Broadchurch it was like a, a a British show and actually they ported it over to America um Danny Pudi, who's from Community and you guys have heard my love for that show
1: you said Pudi. Uh,
0: I did say Pudi. Um, it's about to get worse because Kate McCucci is on there, too.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Kate. I'm not laughing at
2: your name. But uh, I, I am. I'm not saying anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Kate McCucci is absolutely awesome. But she's um, from Garfunkel and Oates, band, the band, but also a comedian. She's been on um, – well, I, I don't believe I just said Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, Big Bang Theory Yeah, you know, and Bobby Moynihan. Really good cast. Really good voice cast. So I'm like, okay. And then I started seeing various clips from it. And it's really good. Like, the one thing – like I don't remember, if, and you guys can answer this probably better than me. Did the Did Ducktales have an overarching story? I don't believe so. I don't feel <laughs>
1: like I, I want to say it was more episodic. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Or so. even I think a
0: lot of the stuff from back there was. Yeah, that was the thing. Like you would watch the episode, and it, they might have had two parters here and there, but I think there was a little over a hundred episodes of the past show. And they would go; they'd go on an adventure; they'd find a treasure, and that would be it. This one definitely leads me to believe that there is going to be an overall story okay. because throughout the episodes, Scrooge is a little different. He's he's a little more like what um, reference I saw was uh, Charles Foster Kane from Citizen Kane, but not exactly. Um, you know, he's kind of in his mansion; he's all alone; he's got all of these all of this treasure that has a story to it. And the nephews come over and are are kind of checking it out, and he makes a lot of mentions about. The fact that, like, family is only causes trouble. You know, there's something from his past that you really hint that's going to come out in the show because men- it mentions it more than once. Um, but I also like the fact there's some adult humor in there. You know, my, my kid loved it. He's four. Again, you guys probably know. Um, but there's definitely some adult humor. especially Like, there's one whole scene where they where uh, Webigail, the, the, the girl duck from the original DuckTales, was always kind of just like the little fangirl, I think, kind of tagging along. This time she actually is more of a sheltered kind of older character that was sheltered by her, is it grandma, the the, the housekeeper was?
1: Uh, Mrs. McQuack?
0: Miss Duckworth?
1: So. Oh, Duckworth was the
2: butler. Oh, uh, okay, Ms. you're right.
0: Miss Beakley. Beakley Miss Beakley, yes. Be- yes. So, either way, Webigail's is a little more of a sheltered character than a young... She actually kind of brings them into this, like, room she's not to- supposed to go into, and there's all these, like, cursed treasures in there, and you know, bump- they bump into one of them, and, like, a ghost comes out. Um, you know, he's uh, you know, Captain Peghook, and then they-, they, like, freak out and bump into another thing, and a sword comes out, and it's the, uh, the Deus Excalibur. And, first of all, that made me laugh, because, I you don't know if you... If you, the listeners, or you guys know what a Deus Ex Machina is in a movie, it's kind of a, a God's machine, which is any plot like anytime there's like a problem in the movie that is solved by some like random plot fact that just kind of has to happen in the movie. Like the biggest one or the big one is the virus wiping out all of the aliens in, war, in the original War of the Worlds, where it's like this ob- otherworldly thing.
1: Or Benjamin Stark riding out of nowhere to save Johnson. Enough with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. So, anyway. Or the security <laughs> guard in Wayne's world that knows just a little bit too much. Which Chris is my Farley. personal favorite. Yeah, Chris Farley, which is my personal favorite. Like, wow, that guy had a lot of information. Another little trick in the, the or little item they find in this room of treasure is the headless man horse, which is a half man, half horse with no head. And yeah, it's it's funny, it's witty. Little it started off with just a little miniseries and then they opened it up. And it's gonna start again like in mid September, I believe. I don't know the exact date, twelfth or twenty first or something. Okay. But yeah, I'm going to add it to the TiVo and, w-
2: and watch it with the boy. TV might, is still a thing? I might have to check well, it out. The DVR. Yeah, it's actually the DVR. Oh, okay. Rob, did you watch it when you were younger? DuckTales, yes. Yes, I did. Yeah, um, It's good. And, the...
1: and Tailspin, Dale's yeah. Tails, Ranger. For me,
2: as soon as Scrooge opened his mouth and started talking, I was like, okay, I can I can get beyond whatever my flaws are with this animation style because the voice actor.
1: Did he sound like Scrooge? Because I haven't seen it yet, and I'll I'll probably check it out. But I haven't seen it yet.
0: Certainly, certainly does. Close. I mean, they didn't just fire the other guy. The original voice of Scrooge um, did pass away.
1: Right, right, right. I think
0: they did the next best thing. Okay. It's not exactly the same. He's almost sounds a little bit older, which is weird considering. A little more Scottish. Yeah, less weird because David Tennant is Scottish.
1: So, so since we're talking about Ducktales, I've got a question for because I know
0: the question, Rob.
1: You know what? I think this be our Give me five. Bring it. So. I will ask you this because I know that you guys have probably have are probably familiar with. But talking about the talking about DuckTales also reminds me of the video game DuckTales for the for the Nintendo. Did you guys play that?
2: Oh yeah. You mean one of the greatest games ever created?
1: it, it was it was pretty good. It was Phenomenal. pretty good. But my question for you is mm-hmm. can you give me your top 5 licensed Nintendo games? That's right, so what the, do you mean meaning meaning not Nintendo intellectual property like not Mario, not Zelda, not stuff like that but stuff that Nintendo had to get had to get a license to put to put out as
0: so not strip poker.
1: Not strip poker. Although that one was really fun.
2: <laughs> you mean uh there was a there was a weird section at Video Rama for those types of games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you mean like like from movie
1: yeah stuff that was not nintendo's intellectual property stuff that they had to get permission to use in a vi- in a video game or get permission to okay. make a video so stuff uh, like from tv shows stuff that was from like movies uh that kind of
2: stuff. uh i i just have a rolodex going through my head right now um man uh you know what i think i would like to go first all go right first. jimmy
1: lead us off before it
2: so I was a big fan of uh, the show American Gladiators. Oh, yeah. And I was so sad when it was gone. I, growing up, I wanted to. You also like Gladiator movies and Turkish Prison. I I like Gladiator movies, but I don't know. You're just getting weird. Um, (laughs) When I was little, I had two goals in life uh, that I wanted to accomplish by the time I died it was to participate in the Kumite from Bloodsport and to be a contestant on American Gladiators.
1: Nice. How did those work out for you?
2: Kumite is fake maybe (laughs) um that's exactly what they would say if it was if it was a real thing and american gladiators is no longer on tv now the american gladiators game was incredibly fun and incredibly challenging uh there was the rock wall where you'd climb up and they would chase you there was of course a little hand crank bike at the end which always just wore out um that that is is definitely definitely uh you know rapid fire very quickly quickly what comes to mind is um the i think it was the first WWF game on the Nintendo it was WrestleMania mm, and okay. it would play these little chiptunes or 8-bit versions of the characters and songs were wrestling was there like a Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and all those guys in it Hulk Hogan was um pretty sure Macho Man was Le- uh Lex Luger Andre the Giant I always got a huge sense of accomplishment out of body slamming Andre the Giant because I was a huge wrestling fan growing. And, of course, I always played as, as the all-American Hulk Hogan. Um, but looking at videos of it now, it just it looks so silly, but it was so much fun. Uh, you could play as Bam Bam Bigelow, and you could do his uh, backflip off the top rope. Wow. And if you could nail that, then you had the guy pinned. Um, another one, or I'd just say, I guess my number three, is uh, Fester's Quest. That was an Adams Family game where you played as Uncle Fester. And the neighborhood was had been invaded by monsters, aliens, something like that. And you went around with this little gun and you had to shoot at them. The graphics were, were great. For that time, and it was a lot of fun. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I, I remember it from,
0: from Nintendo Power. They had a whole cover with it and a poster and everything.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't
1: know that that was one that I actually played. But... It was great.
0: Uh, my number four, it's probably Notice more. When f- I said strip poker, he didn't say that that is one he didn't actually play.
1: Oh, no, I said I played it.
0: Just saying.
2: Um, So my number four, I'm going to go with the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I remember Mm -hmm. that one. That was so hard. That game was so hard. (laughs) I remember exactly where I bought it, when I bought it, and when I wanted to throw it through a wall. That was pretty quickly after I think most got it. I couldn't Um,
1: keep Donatello alive. He died so quick all
2: the time. Yeah, and Raphael had the size, and he had... He had such short range.
1: He had no range at all. What do you exactly mean short range? That. He had no I, range.
2: I was being nice. Um, that game was incredibly difficult, especially when you were in that damn turtle mobile. You never oh, knew where was. the hell to go. Well, there's that, but there's an even harder part. Swimming through the electric yeah. seaweed. The electric seaweed in a bomb. sewer. Yep. Like five bombs. Yep. Yeah. That, no, I always uh, ran out of time. As an aside, do you yeah.
0: know why why those all those games were so hard? they were produced by the same company no it was was by design almost all of the games started getting hard because the video game rental market was cutting so much into the profits of people buying video games that all of the companies together decided to make games harder so you couldn't beat them in the period of like one rental so that's dirty so that game was really hard because you couldn't get past that part you had to play it over and over again the most difficult one that I still remember, it was Battletoads, where they had that speeder bike thing that was, like, level oh, two or three.
2: don't even, don't, we're not gonna go there, because I'm starting to get red in the face. But, yeah, right, but, like,
0: I'm starting to sweat how... just thinking of those, like, barricades blinking off the screen so you kind of see where, where they're coming, but...
1: But but how much did that did that backfire? Because if you make it so hard on level two that people people are like this game sucks, I'm not gonna play it. I mean, you're not gonna sell any of those games, right?
2: Uh, for me as the type of person that I have to see things like that through, can't put a book down, can't can't say hey this book sucks halfway through. It worked on me because it I did had not to keep plugging in. I didn't
0: I didn't see the numbers, but. They kept on doing it, so there was something going
2: on. Well, my number five is... Yeah, sorry for the aside. No, 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 no. it's fine, absolutely. Um, Captain America and the Avengers. I can't tell you... <laughs> this is not one of those games that was so difficult that you couldn't beat it in one sitting. And for that reason, I would play it over and over and over again. I, I would. You could play as a different Avengers. You could, Hawkeye was my favorite. Um, I loved his outfit. I've always had a problem with the way he's been cast because I missed the outfit. Yeah, That's a story Wieners, for a different whatever, day. mask thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but you you even had you had little appearances by like Aquaman or the Silver Surfer. They would come in and help Aquaman, you out every it once in a while. It was, it was stop. That, that is
1: the wrong franchise.
2: I believe you mean Namor. Namor. I'm sorry. You get one podcast of merit. All right, cut that part out.
1: No. You you lost <laughs> a little nerd cred.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so. You had appearances from Submariner or Namor. Uh, Silver Surfer would come in. They would help you out at different parts of the game. Uh, I, b- I believe you ultimately fought Red Skull and then went immediately to another boss. And it was super hard, but it it, it was fun. Like, I had the mechanics of that game work. Um, it was a challenge every time I played through it, and I played through it many, many times. So those are my five. Nice. Okay, so I guess it's my turn.
0: Um, my first one is going to be a little more obscure. And I knew very little about this game when I got it, but um, it is Little Nemo in Slumberland. And I knew about it because of Nintendo Power Magazine, of which I was a subscriber for a bunch of years.
1: So is Little Nemo a licensed product? What was that from?
0: It is. It was originally from books a long time ago. It became animation. Um, there were comics. It was all sorts of stuff. But it was I mean, it was from children's books from uh, – I don't know the exact years, but – it was a long, long time ago, actually from the original animations too the um some of those really obscure black and white animations you see with like all the abstract okay n- instruments chasing people around and stuff uh so little Nemo real quick, it's just a a little kid he goes to bed um in his like kind of magical flying bed thing oh yeah, and, and it takes him to all these weird places um the cool thing about this game though was it was really one of the first games that had the ability to ride animals and to turn into other things. So some of the later games like, um, super Mario brothers, where you could turn into like a frog or something like that. Um, I think little Nemo might've done that first. You could hop on like, yeah, the Tanuki suit, you could hop onto a, like a bear in this game and go around. So it was, and they gave you different powers and helped you solve little kind of in game mysteries or in, or in game obstacles. Um, so that was number five, number two four is going to be one of those another one of the capcom disney games and or is going to be a capcom disney game and that's Chippendales rescue rangers
2: that was great
0: kind of pick ones that were the first time i saw something um it was a really bright game it was very good graphics for the time uh two players in a side scrolling type game and you had to pick up stuff and throw it which wasn't new because you know mario brothers 2 did that but it was really one of the first games I saw where there was, you know, smaller versions of things. So it was like, you know, you uh, yeah, ran around true. little toys, you ran around, you jumped on like nail heads that were stuck in the wall. Um, some things were definitely out of scale, but it was based on, you know, one of the reasons why we're talking about this, the Disney afternoon cartoon shows. It was based on Disney afternoon cartoons. They had the, the kind of the adventure thing down. Of course, if you look back and you realize that one of one of the Chippendales Rescue Rangers looked like Indiana Jones, the other one happened to look like Magnum PI for some reason. Um, it was just a fun game and it was just it was bright and happy and I liked it. Nice. Uh going the other going the other direction, from bright and happy to dark and moody, we got the Batman game from Batman the movie. Uh, absolutely great soundtrack. I didn't have this game, but it was one of those that I borrowed from a friend of mine. I still remember borrowing it from him, and it was like at the it was at the end of the school year, and I purposefully didn't give it back to him because I knew I wouldn't see him all the way through the summer. So I ended up being able to play it all through the summer. I'm a terrible friend, <laughs> and
1: yeah, yeah,
0: just a it was a, the graphics for the time because they they used like they used the black background to fade out things like these gears in the clock tower and even the, the opening title sequence had the Michael Keaton Batman standing
2: there. Mm, yeah, it the, did. I remember. And
0: it was, and they even was were able to fake like the reflection of the logo, the Batman logo, the gold on it, but just a really fun game. And it was, it was difficult, but you kept on wanting to play it. And the soundtrack was fantastic. Um, I'm going to see your teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, the first crappy, terrible game and raise it. With the wonderful Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, which was based on the arcade game, or Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, I believe is what they called it. I'm going to (laughs) protest.
1: I see your protest and laugh in your face.
0: Because that game was great, and the first Ninja Turtles was only frustrating and terrible, and if you really look at the characters, they only vaguely look like turtles in the arcade game. They looked like the Ninja Turtles. You got to see way more of the characters, not just like, oh, that little white blob over there, that's a mouser.
2: No, it actually looked like a mouser. All right, You see, actually I could see the characters. I didn't pick that, and I'm in protest because that was ported from the arcade game. that it is still game. a licensed property. That is correct, but I'm still in protest. Carry on.
0: Okay. Last but not least, our hero of the day... The reason why we're even talking about this, but the DuckTales game. It was great. It was fun. The controls were great. The music was stuff I would still listen to, especially the space level or the moon level. Mm -hmm. Which, the way I've been editing these things, you know you're going to hear that song at the end of this. So DuckTales was not (gasps) only— and This is going to be a little—might be controversial for you video game people— I think it's one of the best Nintendo games. Period, not just licensed games. Agreed.
1: it It is definitely on the list. Um, I I don't know that as far as because there's a couple of really iconic games. I don't know that I would put it over, um, like the first Zelda, um, or or even like because uh, for me I played a different genre of game. I mean, I I really enjoyed the RPG, so Final Fantasy was really big for me on the NES. Strip poker. Strip Poker, yes. Um, but there, there's a couple of games that go on that list, but it, it's definitely up there. It is definitely one of the best games that, that the NES produced.
0: So, Rob, well, the last one left? Eat.
1: I'll go ahead with mine. Um, I'll start at the bottom. Uh, number five, I'll probably throw out Aladdin. Um, I still remember playing that game... Um, Aladdin did a lot of flips, a lot of crazy bounces. He would he would bounce off like poles that were stuck to the ground. It was kind of like a Mario kind of thing where he would like flip over. The, he didn't like jump on the bad guys, but he kind of like flipped over them and it kind of freaked him out and then they just like you you defeated them that way, which was weird. Um but it had a nice feel to it. It had a good look to it and it was a uh it was a decent game. Um and then I'll probably move on to Batman
0: yeah, I, real quick, as you see this, as we're each talking about the games we used to love as a kid, there's in the back of my mind, I'm so scared that I'm going to have hallucinated one of the games. Feel like my favorite game was this, and then we look it up, and it didn't actually exist.
1: It 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 didn't <laughs> exist. Oh
0: yeah. yeah! Wow, Rob just talked for thirty minutes about an Aladdin game <laughs> that never got produced.
1: <laughs> no, that was actually a game. Um, but your, the, the Batman game that you mentioned also made my list because I, I still remember with, with Batman jumping and sticking to the walls and how neat I thought that was. And it was kind of really like Ninja Gaiden, like, um, yeah. but you know, jumping on the walls and then, and then tossing out your batarangs and stuff. And it was, it yeah, was a fun game. I, yeah. I, I don't think that was one of the ones that I actually beat. I didn't beat a ton of games, but I don't think that was one of the ones that I beat. Um, The next two on my list, I had absolutely no chance at beating. But I included them on the list because they were super fun to play. Mm -hmm. You remember the Nightmare on Elm Street game? Yes. And the reason this is on my list is because I remember having a bunch of friends over. Because Nightmare on Elm Street was one of the few games that you could play with four players. Do you remember that?
2: Wasn't it like a you would die or you could like swap out?
1: No, Nightmare on Elm Street. All four players could play on the screen at the same time. It was one of the games that was produced for the uh, NES Four Score. Or if you had what I did, I had the NES Satellite, which was the um, the wireless the wireless box. It had the it had the uh, controller unit that plugged into the NES, and then it had a battery powered unit. That all four controllers plugged into, and it talked wirelessly to the um, to the set on the NES, to the Jeez. box on the NES. But it was one of the few games that you could actually play all four players at the same time. It was hard as crap, and every time that Freddy Glove came out, everybody was like,
3: "Oh my gosh!" Oh, and and
1: yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of like a death sentence. Um, and then the 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 Freddy faces appearing and like slithering across the screen like the snakes from um, Nightmare on Elm Street three. Um, so that one was super fun. I got to play it with a bunch of friends and I still remember that. Um, but one of the other ones I included on the list simply because of the, of the creepy factor, because it, I mean, it was an eight bit game, but they really did a good job with the, with the, um, the environment, if you will, or the, Mm -hmm. the Friday, the 13th game.
2: Oh, no, I'm out
1: you had this sense of impending dread as you were playing this game and it did a really good job of like putting you in the game and every time jason showed up you would just run away you're like no oh my god run away i don't away, run
0: think away. you could kill him
2: right i don't think you could down possible. the controller and run yeah, away
1: pretty pretty much because you started the game with like a pebble as a weapon, and and I know I think there were videos where people like actually beat Jason with a pebble or something, and I'm like I don't know how you did that because the pebble goes like two feet and then drops to the
0: floor. So now, did you not beat this these two games because they were difficult, or because of you couldn't see the screen through the tears in your eyes and the um, puddle of urine seeping through your pants?
1: No, no, no! It was the puddle of urine seeping through your pants. No, no, I just wasn't very good at the games. I, I couldn't beat the games. So yeah, so I had to include those games just because of those features. Um the Nightmare on Elm Street because I actually played it with I actually had four friends then. Um or three friends. So we we actually played four player on the Nightmare on Elm Street and we had a good time. It was a lot of fun. And then the Friday the thirteenth, just because of the of the um the feeling of dread and how they got you involved in the game and it just kinda like sucked you in. Um, but again, my number one, I have to agree with Greg, was um, in this category has got to be DuckTales.
3: Um,
1: exactly. And it is actually, I actually did beat this game. This is one of the games that I did beat, but it was so much fun playing. I remember playing it for hours as a kid, hopping around on that pogo stick.
2: Pogo, <laughs> <and yep.
0: laughs>
1: <big duck. laughs>
0: Do you remember the last, what the last challenge was on was on that game?
1: Oh, uh, no, refresh my memory. Yet
0: you had to escape by pogoing off of um Magica Dispel who had turned herself into like a big buzzard oh, Raven thing. Yes.
1: Yes and It was I hard. Did. It was it was I the the part I, remember I really remember the part I really remember is the um the subterranean level with the yeah. uh with the rock king that turned in the ball and, and rolled around. And I survived that level by just taking Scrooge McDuck over to the far left side of the screen and just continually pogoing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there, there were a couple of times he could do that in the game
1: Yeah, yeah
0: So Hey, okay, well, you know what time it is
2: Definitive the, we, you five. Come up with 5 The
0: definitive 5 for the Gimme 5 podcast Of best licensed NES games So from the classic
2: NES
1: I think we can all uh, agree on number 1
2: I, I, I was about to say that DuckTales oh, Number 1 <laughs>
0: Okay, I'm typing this as we go here Ducktales is number one. Anyone have a strong thing for number two? My personal pick would be Batman, and that showed up on a couple lists as well.
1: I can give you okay. Batman. I can give you Batman. And
0: then I'm going to allow you to give to uh, pick number three because you've you've pretty much tapped out the two that I th- from my list that I think are no brainers.
1: I, I definitely think. Um... We need to include either Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, if not both, just for just for the the how well they did. Um, I, I I mean, I really want to include Friday the 13th, even though it was a hard ass game and I don't know anybody who actually beat it. But it was one that really kind of pulled you in and it gave you that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, that think, real feeling in the pit of your stomach. I'm I'm going to have to put what?
0: we do with the podcast where we do tend to drift a little bit towards some horror movies. We're going to obviously do some big stuff for Halloween. And this is the definitive give me five list. I think that kind of fits. So I'm going to put it on there. I'm not entirely sure it's number three though, mm, but we'll find out.
2: Maybe not number three, but certainly, you know, as you were talking about it, Rob, I I can remember that. I want to say that was probably the first video game that actually scared me. Hmm. Hmm. Um. and being such a huge fan of that franchise, I'm going to put forward my vote for that
0: as well. Okay. okay. The first video game that scared me was Dr. Mario, because I'm a
2: germaphobe. Those little germs <laughs> are gross. <laughs> oh, God, I see that. Wow. 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 Jinx, you owe me a coke. Hey, I'm fine with that. Just don't let Greg touch it.
1: Um, I... Wouldn't dream of it. I probably think that number three should be uh TMNT because I think we all probably broke a controller playing that game.
2: Okay, so number one. three, bumped down Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. I'm I'm in protest of the arcade game because it did not start as a n on the console title. I love the arcade game. Don't get me wrong. I Oh no, spent I'm I'm hours... talking
1: I'm talking about the original where you had No, no, only... no, I know.
2: Okay. I'm just saying I'm in protest of TMNT 2 because it started on the arcade, not on the console. So I would have to agree with you, Rob, that we can put TMNT as number three, bump down Friday the 13th to number four, and, and not include the arcade game on this list.
1: And then the for our- so good,
2: it started on the arcade. But
0: then there's the then there's the third Ninja Turtle game,
2: the Manhattan Project
0: game, which started on the NES. And, and that,
2: was that wasn't included game. in any of our lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Greg's rewriting history right now. I am.
2: Just like just like DuckTales.
0: Woo! We all have to we all have to have our causes.
2: Uh, I'm gonna so- I'm gonna put forward. Uh, Though I remember both Aladdin and Rescue Rangers, I want to say that Captain America and the Avengers was the first Marvel title that I really, really enjoyed. I would put forward my vote for the number five for Captain America.
0: It was significantly better than the X Men game. It was a Marvel title, but it was terrible.
2: The Uncanny X Men.
0: Yeah, it was
1: not good. Mm. The only, the only X Men I can remember, and it's because it traumatized me. I think it was on the Super Nintendo. Was Spider Man and the X Men in Arcade's Revenge?
0: And it, yeah, that was now this one. The X Men game was. It's not even worth talking about. It was an overhead view, and it looked. You were like a little was, tiny. Yeah, you the characters were so undefined they almost looked like the bricks from Mario Brothers. Like they were squares. Yeah, and it was bad. Yeah. So it is not worth li- wasting our listeners time. <laughs> so, and we still look we still need another fi- a number 5. I
1: maybe. I might I might have to go with WrestleMania actually. Because I do remember climbing that rope. And trying to land the splash or the elbow, mm-hmm. so I would probably have I would probably have to put my vote for WrestleMania.
0: Oh, and Jimmy, you said the Avengers, correct? I did. I think. Well, I guess I'm kind of the deciding vote here. I think I'm gonna actually lean. I can't stand the various wrestling games, so I will lean Avengers. Now that I, I oh. did look at images of it, yeah, well. I uh, I looked up the images, and I saw it. So and I, I was a good like, oh game. yeah, yeah it is. I will I will go with the Avengers, and I think that should lock down our list. Definitive list. So. Number five: The Avengers. Number four: Friday the Thirteenth. Number three: the I impossibly can't say difficult.
2: Go ahead. I'm not saying it. <laughs> the impossibly difficult. First, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. <laughs> the arcade game.
0: Number two being Batman. And number one, the spectacular DuckTales. So that is the definitive list. We want to hear your guys' definitive list. Feel free to reach us at any of the various. You can just search Give Me 5 Podcast, F I V E, and you can find it.
2: I think that'll do it. Yeah. Thank John, you guys man. so much for listening. Uh, you know, guys, please, if you want to help us out, you can rate us on iTunes, you know, please leave a a favorable review. If you like the show five stars would be wonderful or your local prop, uh, podcast provider, whatever source you listen through, you know, we would really, really sincerely appreciate it. So until next time, the arcade, meet me outside in 20 minutes. We'll settle this. Hi, Daddy. How are you?
3: Good. How are you?
2: I'm pretty good. Is Daddy behaving? Yeah. Okay, he good.
3: doesn't work. Doesn't oh, work.
2: I heard you guys built a fort.
3: Yeah, we really did. Oh, Yesterday.
2: that's cool.
3: Yesterday. Bye, da- Bye yes. Daddy.
0: Do you want to give a review of the most recent Paw Patrol episode? Do you want to tell me if it was good or not?
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, go ahead. Talk about it.
3: Um, it was good.
0: What happened in it?
3: Uh, a big octopus and a little tiny one.
0: There's a big octopus and a little tiny one. What'd they do?
3: Um, and the little one was looking for food, oh. and, and the big one would eat And the big one was looking at the. <laughs> that's why. That's why he. That's why he was looking. That's why it was the same. Same. That's why was the same side. Uh, that's like him.
0: Uh Oh. So you say it was a good episode. Yeah. Okay. Do you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Thumbs up. Oh, I gave it a thumbs up. Okay. Thanks, Ethan. To go back to bed. So tell Jimmy goodnight.
3: Good night, Jimmy.
0: Good night
1: Ethan. That's Tommy. <laughs> go to bed, buddy. That was ridiculous. I'm so glad you hit record.